Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul? All that you've been through this week, all that you've been through this year, I wanted you to declare this morning that it is well with my soul. In the face of all adversity, in the face of everything that the enemy has brought up in front of me, it is well with my soul. No weapon that was formed against me in 2023 has been able to prosper. That's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still standing. I'm still leaning on the Savior. This is my day. This is my year. I will not be defeated. I will not go under. I will continue to be an overcomer because I am more than enough. God has created me to be more than enough for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. Oh, we bless you. Oh, we magnify you. We macrograph your name, oh God. Great is your faithfulness. It is well with me. Oh my, it is well with me. Ah, You've been through some stuff. Stop acting like you haven't been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. And his grace was sufficient for you. That's why you're still here. Had it not been for the Lord that was on my side, I would have been swallowed up. But thank God for his grace. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies. I'm still standing. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. And the truth ain't in you. Hallelujah. Grab the hand of your neighbor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you right now that we are touching somebody that is touching you. And because of that, we know that the battle is already won. Defeat every foe. Bring every high place down. Every attitude that is not pleasing to you. We bring it under subjection to your will right now in this place. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. We are, we're not are going to allow anything to get past you. I thank you for your word today. For your word declares that the flower fades and the grass withers. But the word of the Lord shall stand forever. And today we stand on your word and we declare your word to do exactly what you sent it out to do. And we say, have your way in this place today. Have your way in our hearts, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us. Oh God, we thank you for the anointing that is welling up in us right now. We rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place like never before. God, come in like a flood and touch the hearts of your people. 
Don't let us go from this place the way we came in. But I declare every burden lifted, every heartache restored in the name of Jesus. Healing is in the house. Peace is in the house. Joy is in the house. Victory is in the house. Now loose those hands and give God the best praise that you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy. 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 Don't come in here like you're broke, busted, and disgusted. You are an overcomer. You have the victory. He already paid the price back on Calvary. Now it's time that you walk it out. It's time that you walk in the anointing. It's time that you walk in the power because it's in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Take authority. Take dominion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the Word of God. Get those Bibles up. Hallelujah. Mm, I feel your anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare I'll live how it says I'll live. I believe what it says I should be. I'll do what it says I should do. I'll have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family, forgiveness. I will stand for, strong for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for every nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. For I declare that we're one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Has God not been good to you? He's been better than me than I had enough sense to be to myself. Whew. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you knew how much I felt like preaching and how much I felt the anointing, you'd put on your seatbelt right now because I feel God getting ready to do something in this place this morning, and I hope you came ready to receive all that God wants to do in you and through you. This is your day. This is your season. This is your moment for a breakthrough, for a miracle, to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of James. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of James. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. We're going to read verse 12 through 17. James 1, verses 12 through 17. When you have it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Jackie, wherever she went. And it reads, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved or tried in the King James Version, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 
Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted, underline that in the Bible, each one in your Bible, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, or King James says own lust, and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, see, sin grows up. It has stages and ages and dimensions. It grows up. It says, the Bible says, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I want to use as a subject this morning, overcoming your temptation. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to overcome my temptation today. What ultimately causes us to lose our joy and our peace is our temptations. James says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Hmm. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Happy is the man that can take temptation and can live with it. Hmm. Look at the next verse. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, when you read this in the English, it sounds, it says temptation is a good thing is what it sounds like when you read it in the the English, correct? And what I want you to understand is, I had to go back to the original translation and original language to see what he's talking about in verse 12. Because what I had to, what I learned was what he's talking about in verse 12 and what he's talking about in verse 13 is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And so we're going to dig into this this morning. You're going to get set free from some temptations that you're not even willing to admit that you have. But God's going to free you today by his power. So in verse 12, he says, bless, which means happy, is the man who endures temptation. But this temptation is not the kind of temptation that he talks about in verse 13, where it says, verse 13, he says, God doesn't tempt any man or anyone. And when I read, when I read verse 13, I thought about Genesis 22, where he said he tempted Abram. Anybody read that? And I'm like, God, you said you don't tempt anybody. But then in Genesis 22, you said you tempted Abram. So how is it in James you don't tempt anyone, but in Genesis you tempted? What am I missing? Did you change something? What happened between verses 12 and verse 13? So he said, I tempt no man. 
you have to understand the word tempt. In the translation, we use one word, but what I found in, in, in reality, God uses several. And so, which causes us to have to put these things into context. Goes back to what I always say about studying to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we read the word, but are you really reading the word? When I, when I talk about reading the word, and I taught this last Wednesday night at our Bible study, I hope some, some of you guys miss it. You, you need to watch it if you miss it. Um, but so what I'm saying here is when you're studying the word, you, become, you need to become a hearer of the word and not a listener. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Because when you hear the word of God, it gets in your spirit and it causes you to change what you do. Anybody ever heard this? And I know we, most of us have been in church a long time, but I know I've got some people in here from Joe's Pool Hall that hadn't heard this saying yet. <laughs> There's a saying that's been around the church forever that says prayer changes things. And I've heard that forever. And a couple years ago, God shook me on that because I was studying to preach about prayer up in New York. And God showed me, he said, prayer doesn't change the thing. What prayer does is change you so you can change the thing. Hmm. Scared me to death. I said, well, maybe I don't need to pray for some of the stuff I pray for because I'm seeing some changes I don't want to see. I was comfortable with that, God. Why are you changing that? I don't want that to change. I like that. He said, you might like it, but it doesn't reflect me. Hmm. Woo. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. (laughs) So this temptation that God says he does do in verse 12, that you are happy when you endure it is not a temptation to kill. It is a uh, it's a temptation to um, to train. See, there's two types of temptation. I think there. There there we go. So there's two types of temptation. There's the training kind, and then there's the killing kind. Verse 12 is the training kind, the kind that God says he, he does. Um, James, can you bring me that, that weight? Thank you, Jesus. Y'all getting an illustrated sermon this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, guys. It's the training kind. It's resistance training. Verse 12 has to do with building your muscles, whether it's your faith faith muscle, whether it's your doubt muscle to cause you to trust God, whether it whatever muscle it is that God needs to build. That resistance, that's resistance training. That's what he's talking about in verse 12. That is resistance training. Am I making sense? Are you with me? See, I hope you wasn't counting them reps because I wasn't going to do that many. I know some of you uh, workout people in here, pastor only did five reps. I don't know how many I did. I did enough to make my point. (laughs) Hallelujah. So this type of weight is given to you to train you. 
It is resistance training that causes you to be developed. God is trying to develop you. It is weight placed in your life so that you can train to resist and manage weight in other places. Mm. It, that's what it's, that's the purpose of it. And so when you, and, and it's training you to be able to manage the weight when you get to another stage of life. You mad about all the weight that's on you right now. And God's using some of that weight to train you for the next phase of your life. Hmm. So happy is the man that endures this weight training because God is going to use that training to bless you at the next phase of your life. As long as you don't become weary in well-doing, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. That's the word of God. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. The better you manage this type of weight that is placed in your life and you endure it to the end, the better your success is going to be on the back end. The better your victory is going to be on the back end. There are some things that you are praying about and that you are trying to change and God didn't send it for for you to change it. He sent it for it to change you. Hmm. He sent it to change you. You thought you were supposed to put your hand into it and fix it. God said, no, I sent that to you for it to fix you because there is some stuff in you that when I get ready to use you, In this next season, I've got to have you so developed that you're not backbiting, that you're not gossiping, that you're not lying, that you're not cheating on your taxes. Because I'm going to get the glory out of you. And I can't get the glory out of you if you're still tied into all that other stuff. Hmm. We got to learn to deal with it and enduring it, learning how to manage it and make it go where we want it to go. See, when I lift that weight, I move it where I want it to go. If I want to lift it up, if I want to put it to the side, if I want to lift it over, I'm putting the weight where I need the weight to go. Learning to manage the weight. That's enduring the weight that God put on you. God is saying, I put it on you to make you better, not bitter. God wants you to know that the weight he put on you, he did not intend that weight to kill you. He's saying, I didn't put the weight there to destroy you. I didn't put the weight there to bring you down. I didn't put the weight there to depress you or make you feel overwhelmed. I put the weight there because I want to teach you How to having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with my truth. Having your feet shod with the preparation of my gospel. Having your breastplate of righteousness, not your kind of righteousness, because your kind of righteousness is backbiting, hypocritical. That ain't his kind of righteousness. Mm. God wants to increase you. He wants to stretch you so that you can be changed. 
God is saying here, you will be happy with this temptation. If you first don't try to get out from under it. See, we like to try to get out from under it. Oh, I'm just talking to me. I know y'all hold in. God just, y'all don't have all of these issues. So I will preach to myself this morning, if that's okay. And y'all can just listen in. Because I've been through some stuff and I understand. I understand things in this phase of life that I didn't understand in that phase of life. That I wish I had known. But it wasn't for me to know in that phase. Because he was preparing me to endure some things in this phase of life. He was preparing me to deal with some people that weren't going to like me, that were going to talk about me. And, and he took me through that so I could learn how to ignore them. Come on, somebody. See, part of my resistance training was him showing me how to ignore the people that were saying, oh, Troy, you're doing a great job. And also ignore the people that say, you ain't nothing. Because when you get to that place, I'm not, I'm not giving recognition to those that are applauding me. And I'm not giving recognition to those that are waiting on my demise. But I am focused on the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus that is down inside of me. So as long as I stay focused, that thing that's down inside of me can rise up out of me and manifest in the lives of those that he has planted that seed in me to plant in them so that they can reap a harvest in their life. Hallelujah. I feel his glory this morning. See, I'm talking about lies being told on you and persecution in front of you. See, you want to go and focus on who's persecuting you and what they said. Who cares? Is what they said about you stopping you from doing anything? I'm going to tell you what's stopping you from doing anything. The fact that you're focused on what they said. If you stop focusing on what they said and what they did, and you focus on what God said to you and what God told you you were going to be and how God told you he was going to get you there. You're looking at all this peripheral stuff. And God said, look at me. If you keep your eyes on me, I'll show you that you're more than enough. See, today we got our young people dealing with identity crisis and all this other stuff. But if they would just get before God and seek his face, what I've learned in my years of living is that the more I get to know him, the more he shows me me. So if I want to know who I am, I need to know who he is. I can't know my identity, say I know who I am in him. Because everything that I am is what he created me to be. And so if I'm going to become what he has called me to become and what he has created me to become, I need to be in relationship with my creator so that he can show me exactly what he has hand designed me to be. And stop caring what anybody said about me. It don't make no difference to me. And I know that's not good English. And my dad probably rolling over in his grave for me saying that because he was an English professor. 
but it's okay because you got the points. Amen. I want you to understand there is no cheating on this test. There are no answers written on the desk. Oh, ain't nobody done that in school but me. Okay, I understand. It's not written on, you can't write it on the back of your hand. Oh, that's just me too. I get it. I guess I was the only cheater. All of y'all came from heaven and y'all just been godly ever since y'all got here. See, I've done some stuff. I remember sitting by, matter of fact, a guy, his name was Brandon too. I remember sitting, I wanted to sit by Brandon in every class because Brandon was smart. So I would lean over Brandon's shoulder. I would sit where I positioned. Mm, that looks pretty good. I think that'll work for me. And he asked me one day, he said, Troy, I got a question. You've never been the smartest guy in this class. How did you go from making F's to making B's? I said, well, ain't God good? (laughs) See, we give God credit for some crazy stuff, don't we? God ain't have nothing to do with that. That was all me and my flesh trying to figure out how I was going to get over. That's what that was. See, the Lord has me in a situation where he's trying to teach me how to handle my emotions. Somebody in here may be going through that same thing. I can't fly off at the handle. I can't always run and cry in my car. See, I know some married people in here are going to be able to relate to this. When I was married, I was married to somebody that got on my nerves. <laughs> See, if, you, if you're sitting with that person because you're married to them, don't look over there. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Just look at me. We're going to keep y'all together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) And so, but that was a weight I had to deal with in my life. I didn't understand it, but God was trying to teach me through my marriage how to deal with people. Because, you know, coming up on the East Coast, you like to tell people the truth. And you like to not care how they feel about what you said. And I still struggle with that today. I have to die to myself daily in that area. Because I may not always be the person that you want advice from. Because I will give you the advice and it might make you cry the way I gave it to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be honest with you. Pastor Troy don't care. Because the Bible says the truth will make you free. So it's not about how I give it to you. It's the fact that I gave it to you. So an old old term that we used to say back home was, I'm going to tell you the truth. And you're going to tell me how you feel about the truth that I tell you. And I'm going to tell you what sucks to be you. (laughs) I have a habit now where I'm kind of nicer. So I'll tell people I'm offended that you're offended. (laughs) So we are now offended together. (laughs) Come on now. 
Don't act like you ain't never been offended. You probably offended your husband or your wife on the way to church this morning. Quit playing. Y'all need to get for real. I thought I had some real saints in here this morning. See, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 3, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I realize that we've been taught that God's going to get us out of everything and that we don't have to go through anything because it's going to be seeing everything through rosy glasses. But there are some things that God is not going to get you out of. Because he's using that very thing that you are asking him to get you out from under to bless you. And he is not going to get you out from under that thing. And you're not going to feel the relief from that thing until the blessing of God has manifested in your life. So stop fighting it and give the man what he wants. You may not get your reward in the same area that you're under attack. You may be under attack in your mind and God may bless you in your finances. You may be under attack in your family and God may bless you with healing in your body. But he is going to bless you. And he is going to get the glory out of your life. And you will submit. You are going to submit. I'm going to tell you, nobody knows more about being rebellious than me. I've been rebellious all my life. I still battle with rebellion. Me and God have arguments daily. See, I know y'all don't argue with God. Y'all don't talk to him like that. But I'm big on telling God, God, I know you're God, and I know you're all-powerful and all-knowing. But I don't care. I'm still not going to do it. And then before I know it, I'm doing it. And I'm like, how did I end up doing what I just told you I'm not going to do? I refuse to do it. And, he be- and because I told him years ago, order my steps. He starts to order my steps. Even when I get off course and he orders my steps back on the course because I gave him the authority to order my steps. See, we talk about free will. See, you forget those little prayers you prayed when you were six, seven, eight, ten years old. And you're like, God, what is going on? He's like, remember, Katie, you said? And you're like, why you gotta be bringing that up? That's old. You know, you got people today who want to say, well, that's Old Testament. It's all God's word, though. He said his word won't return void unto him. And so whatever he needs to do to us to get us to do what he wants us to do, he's going to do it. The Bible says in verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone or any man. He says, when you're tempted with evil, I didn't do that. When you get that phone call from that sweet voice at 11 p.m. wanting you to come over at 2 a.m. for Bible study, God said, I 
didn't do that. And you're like, well, God, if you don't want me to go, then you just make sure that the car don't start. (laughs) God, if you don't want me to go, when I get out here in the driveway, my car is going to be on flat. What are you going to do when you go out there and the car ain't on flat? What are you going to do when you go out there and, and the car does start? He said, I didn't do that. I didn't tempt you with that. Because I will not tempt you with the killing type of temptation. Two types, the killing kind and the training kind. When I tempt you, I'm tempting you to train you. When you get tempted with the killing kind of temptation, you need to first of all recognize that it's the killing kind. How do you know that it's the killing kind? Because it goes against my word. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, O God, that I might not sin against you. So if I've got the word in my heart and I hear that sweet voice call me at midnight, say, hey, you want to go have a late night meal? Yeah, nightcap. There you go, sis. Nightcap. I'm going to have a nightcap. And you can share some scriptures with me. How about we go on a nightcap at 11 a.m. and I bring Pastor Nancy with me? (laughs) And matter of fact, I'm going to have extra backup. I'm going to bring Pastor Lydia too. Because I need some dual discernment. I'm not putting myself in a predicament that I know was not set up for me to prosper. So... It's not that you don't know. It's that you yield to temptation. And when you yield to the killing type of temptation, it kills you. It kills your relationship first. You take that call and you go hang out with them. One thing leads to another, to another, to another. And then you're down here at the altar repenting. And then next week you take the same cycle again. And then you back at the altar repenting again. You can't. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. See, it's the continual sin process that kills us. I've heard people say, oh, I'm saved. Or this is the other one that I hate to hear people say. I'm a sinner saved by grace. That means you still sinning. If you're a sinner saved by grace, you're still living in sin. You have not really come to full circle with what God has for you and what he desires for you. So, and and the Bible says that once you come to him and you're really submitted to him, you're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So stop telling people I'm a sinner saved by grace. When you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God may put you under pressure. He may put you under stress, under loneliness, under duress. Or he may take you outside of your comfort zone or even train you through what people said about you on the internet. Don't you just hate people in this internet? That just annoys me. People care about what people say about them. I don't care what you say about me in person or online. 
it don't matter to me. It makes no difference. I say all the time, Pastor Nancy's heard me say this. I've had people say stuff about me that wasn't true. But the thing about it, I've done so much stuff in my life. I don't know if it's true or not. So I say, well, maybe I did it. I don't know. Maybe you know something that I just don't remember. So if I need to take responsibility for something I don't remember, I'm okay with that. I just don't remember, honestly. But it's okay. Because for me, it's all under the blood. It's all under the blood. Maybe, see, people like to say, well, maybe the Lord is trying to teach me something by this. He got me hanging out in the car with Susie at 3 o'clock in the morning. God is trying to teach me something. God ain't trying to teach you nothing in that situation. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. God is not trying to teach you something. He will not tempt you with anything that will cause you to go against what he said in his word. Let's just be real. I know I'm reading somebody's mail this morning, but it's okay. So stop saying that. For Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5, I didn't give this to the guys. God just gave me this. For this is the will of God, that your sanctification, that you, may, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Hmm. That's good stuff. I don't care what nobody say. That's good. That blessed me. God says, I don't tempt you with evil. I know it's tight right now because some of you in here thinking, well, you just tempted me with this. No, he didn't do that. God says, that is not me. (sighs) I'm coming after that spirit right now. I feel that thing coming against me right now and what I'm saying, because somebody in here needs this breakthrough. But I come against that spirit right now in the name of Jesus and whatever you've been tempted with, that spirit of temptation can no longer stay on you because the word of God is manifesting in your heart and in your life. And he is setting you free by the power of the blood of the lamb right now in this very moment. He whom the son has set free is free indeed. There's a scripture in John. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. Why would I sit my glasses down and then got to try to. Getting younger ain't easy. (laughs) Don't start Don. (laughs) John chapter number 14, verse number 30. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. So we talk about the killing kind. The way you resist the enemy on the killing kind is you make sure there's nothing in you. I got a dear friend of mine. He's Michael's what? 55 still plays with remote control cars. 
<laughs> so anybody in here ever had a remote control car? So there's an apparatus in the remote control and an apparatus in the car. And the apparatus in the remote control tells the apparatus in the car which way to go. So in able and what to do. And in order, what we've got to do and what the scripture is telling us is that we've got to get rid of that apparatus in us that the enemy is using to send us to do things that's trying to kill us. Hmm. So we've got to get to the point that when Pastor John hits the control, that the car don't go. But in your case, when the devil hits the, the remote control, that you do like the kids do and say, nah, 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 nothing in me. Come on now. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. In order to resist him, you've got to get enough word down in you that you know when the killing type of temptation arises in your life so that you can stand in the face of the enemy and say, ah, nothing in me. Keep hitting the button. There is nothing in me. I'm not responding to it. I'm not flying off. I'm not cussing this person out. Yeah, some of y'all dealing with that cussing demon. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because that is not in me. When the devil came and tempted Jesus, he tempted him because he recognized he had a need. See, the enemy knows what you need. He's been watching you. He's been studying you. He's not, so he's going to tempt you with what you believe you need. But what he tempts you with that you need, he's going to tempt you with it to where it'll kill the vision and the dream that God has in you. He's a dream killer. He's a vision killer. And so don't let the dream die. Don't let your dream be killed. Because God wants to get the glory out of that thing. You're free. So I want to give you a, a, a couple points to write down real quick. I ain't even follow my notes at all. So number one, in order for this. Stop blaming people. Mm. Stop blaming people. Adam said, it's the woman you gave me. It's her fault. She did it. If you hadn't have given her to me, I wouldn't have got into this. It's some men in this room feel like that right now. Just look at me. Just look at me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't blame people because when you blame people, you rob yourself of the power to fix the situation. You have the power to fix it. Don't, number two, don't blame God. Stop blaming God. Why? Because he said, I tempt you with the training type, not with the killing type. So stop blaming God. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming God. 
This is how we get through this. This is how we overcome this. And we take this back. Third point is, don't blame the devil. Flip Bussum was wrong. The devil didn't make you do it. Some of y'all are not old enough to know about Flip Wilson. And I'm dating myself a little bit. I don't need to do that. <laughs> I'm still very, 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 very young. <laughs> Call it into the atmosphere. Your will is so powerful that God says if you will submit to him and resist the enemy, he'll flee. That's good. Have you ever thought about it from that perspective? You've got enough power in you to resist. The problem is we tend to like whatever we need to resist too much that we can't resist it. You're like, I just like cussing people out because I think they don't get it unless I use foul language. If I don't give everybody I meet a little piece of my mind, if you give it, <laughs> did I get you? <laughs> you give everybody a piece of your mind, you don't have enough mind left to do the things that God has called you to do. Come on now. Can we be real? New beginnings. Hallelujah. See, this is time for you to roll up your sleeves and fight. We got to start fighting with this devil that's giving us this temptation, trying to kill us. And we fight the devil with this temptation by speaking the word. But if you don't know the word and you don't know what word to apply for what seasons. See, your temptation may not be another man. Your temptation may not be another woman. Your temptation may be somebody's husband or somebody's wife. Hmm. But you got to fight that temptation. Can we be real? Y'all know me now. Y'all, y'all, y'all been around me long enough. <laughs> and Pastor Lydia ain't no help. Instigator. That's my buddy, though. <laughs> See, many of us sitting here act like you're sitting by people that act like they ain't got no temptation. Oh, I'm not tempted with anything. The devil is a lie. Everybody. The Bible said it. Troy didn't say it. The Bible said every man is tempted when he, and drawn away of his own lust. You have a lust that's tailor-made for you. You have a desire that's tailor-made to you. It may not be cussing somebody out. It may not be cheating on your, your spouse. It might be cheating on your taxes. But you have a lust. That when you're drawn away, it brings forth sin, and that sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Pastor John, can you grab those guys? Hallelujah. See, y'all didn't know y'all were getting this much illustration today. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Want you on the stage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you look at this weight, this weight can be used for resistance training. But the killing type would be if I decide to use this weight 
to hit Angelica in the head? <laughs> that would be the killing type. Amen. <laughs> I heard her say, I rebuke that. <laughs> Get around now. So, what I want you to see is the imagery. Just lock arms around him. Yeah, there we go. So, I want you to see the imagery. Pastor Israel is now in the protection of God. He's in the protection of God. He is covered by God in this state. Pastor Israel, let's do it. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. I never did it. Never did it. <laughs> He's not that good, but it's okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come with me. Come on. Come on. Now let's get under. Yep. Come on. Come on. Come on. No rhythm. Come on. No rhythm. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now see what I just did? Now he's drawn away of his own lust when enticed. I enticed him out of the protection of God. And I drew him away because he was he, he fell for the distraction that I had. And now I can kill him. Now I can do anything that I want to do with him because he was drawn away of his own lust because I enticed him to get him outside of the protection of God. And I want you to know the enemy is trying to pull you outside of the protection of God. But I want to encourage you today in this place, if you will resist the enemy, he will flee from you. If you will resist the enemy, he's got to go. This is your day. You can have the protection of God or you can come over here and let the enemy take you into doing everything that God didn't design for you to do. But I want to encourage you, even outside of his protection, he has the will and if he has the fortitude, he can get back into the protection of God. And now, when I come back in to draw him away, he's not going to pay attention to me. He's going to ignore me, and he's going to stay focused on what God has called him to do. And if you're in this place, thank you, guys. And you have stepped outside of the protection of God. He's waiting for you. If you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to make that commitment right now. Step out in the aisle and make your way to this altar. He's calling you right now. He's calling you right now. If you're somebody and you've stepped outside of the hedge of protection, he's calling you right now. Come out of your temptation. Come out of it now. He who's the son set free is free indeed. He who's the son set free is free indeed. Can I get the prayer team? He who's the son sets free is free indeed. I don't care what you've been tempted with. I don't care what you've been going through. 
He who the Son sets free is free. You are free today. You will not be what you were. You are not what they said you were. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. This is your day. You don't have to be anything but in the protection of God. So now as you're coming into the protection of God, receive his protection. Receive his healing. Receive his restoration. This is your day. See, some of you sitting there like, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm tempted. Every man is tempted. I don't need to, I don't need to know what your temptation is. But you are tempted. But don't allow yourself to be drawn away of your own lusts. You don't have to allow the enemy to continue to continue to entice you. This is your moment. This is your moment. And I don't know who this was for today, but I believe in my spirit that God gave me this message for some people that didn't realize what state they were in. And he's calling you out right now. He's calling you into glory. He's calling you into greater works. He's calling you into a greater anointing. And that killing type of temptation that you've been submitted to, it's got to go today. It has got to go today. Stand to your feet. And I want everybody praying. And if you got to go, you're dismissed, you're excused. But I want everybody praying. We got souls around this altar. And I feel God moving in the midst of his people. Like I said, if you got to go, feel free to go. But I feel yokes being destroyed in this room. The Holy Spirit told me there's still somebody sitting in their seat. And he told you earlier that you needed to be here for this word. And he, I, we're waiting on you. God's waiting on you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him.